0: Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the church, please visit TrinityChurchLondon.com. We started this church in 2018, which is coming up five years ago now. Some of you were there. Um, I first knew about the fact that we were going to be planting this church back in 2016, and i i remember those first moments where i was just thinking through starting a church from scratch i mean it's quite it's an exciting thing but it's also quite daunting where, they, where there's nothing there there's no like there's no blueprint there's there's it's just a blank piece of paper you've got the bible you've got jesus you've got some friends and just like kind of go for it and in the like the couple of years and then the months and then as we started the church I I look back now and I'm kind of confessing that there were there were lots of moments where I was looking around and like trying to find out like what's the key to really getting a good church going in London, like and I would look around other churches like churches that I thought were successful that were doing well that were big and and looking around websites and I, I was trying to find these keys like what, what is it that like can build a build a church and I started thinking about I mean I've been a pastor for quite a while but suddenly in my mind everything was on the table you know like how should you preach how long should you preach no jokes how should we worship like what kind of worship what how should we express passion how should we be a a charismatic church and I kept veering from left to right thinking what is the way that we we're going to do this what is the you know and i'd seen churches that had kind of west end theater level production values with cameras and lightings and even yes smoke machines and i was thinking maybe maybe that's how we should do it and maybe we need to dress up or dress down or all these kind of questions started like arising when i was like trying to how, like how do you do it? it it kind of seems obvious maybe to some of you like we just but at the time what is this going to be like? And looking back now, some of that was okay. like some of it was like just trying to figure out how to contextualise for for London. But a lot of it, as I look back, was actually me trusting in the wrong things, trusting in my ability to try and see what the keys were to make a church work in London so that we could be successful. Like if we do this, 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 then surely this will be the outcome. This will this will work. I was trusting in the the wrong things. I was approaching the church like if we can, with our collective wisdom, figure it out, we'll really be doing God a solid and he'll surely bless us and help us along. Martin Luther, who was a German monk, became a Christian in his 20s. He, he, he was quite frustrated with the church because he felt that the church was kind of blocking the gospel. And he, he was a bit of a firebrand and he didn't, like an arg- he didn't mind an argument. And so he really took the argument to the church. He nailed these 95 theses to a church door. And uh, I mean, if you've got a problem with the church, that's one way of doing it. You just put it on the coin street door. And, um, and he was saying, you know, th- this is the, the problems that I have with the church. A few years later, he, he wrote this uh, letter, this document again about the church. And he basically came to this kind of conclusion that there are fundamentally two different ways that we can approach life and how we read the Bible and how we think about ourselves. He called one way a theology of glory, not glory in God's terms, glory in terms of us. The world's terms. There is a way that we can not just like have a doctrine from the Bible, but actually the whole way in which we approach life and God and the Bible. He calls it a theology of glory, basically saying we approach it with this thinking that me with my wisdom, I can work out God and God will fit into my system of emotions and thought. And the other approach to life, which is the Christian approach, is what he called the theology of the cross which is this understanding that we cannot understand God's ways because he works in completely different ways to the ways of the world, statemented finally and ultimately in the crucifixion of his son, Jesus Christ. And there are two utterly opposing ways. There's the way of the world and there's the way of God. And God does not come along and kind of sees, hey, this is how things are happening right now. Maybe if I work with the ways of the world, people will begin to like my son Jesus and start coming to church and things might go better for Christianity in the West. He doesn't look at the ways of God. He looks at the ways of the world and has a fundamentally different way of seeing salvation work out. In just a few months, so I keep playing with this microphone here, excuse me while I just play with my face again, there we go. In a few months, um, King Charles is going to be crowned, coronated, just down the road from here. And I, I'm, I'm guessing billions of people will be, will be watching this moment. Um, one of the biggest empires if not the biggest empire historically many eyes on the united kingdom in this moment westminster abbey will be full of pomp and circumstance and ceremony all the the rulers the prime ministers the kings the queens of the earth i imagine will be gathering to this one place he'll be dressed to the nines with cloaks and the crown jewels and gold and silver and rubies the gold scepter all of the wealth and the pageantry of the world will be symbolized in this one moment as king charles ascends to the throne and rightly so he's a he is a king of a nation and he symbolizes something on our behalf but you contrast that like the the highlight the pinnacle of a nation's wealth and statement of importance you you contrast the coronation of king charles with the crowning the coronation of our king jesus who happens to be the king of king charles and the lord of lords and the shepherd of all sheep and the prince of the Ages the one who will gather the nations to himself. You contrast the glory and the splendor of the coronation of King Charles with the the coronation of Jesus, who we're told ascended his throne when he was taken out of the city, away from a palace, away from the crowds, where there were no rulers, there there was no one important. He was taken away from everything important to a lonely hill where he was crucified. On soil that was soaked in blood and feces and sick from all the criminals who had been crucified there previously. And he was laid down on a cross and he ascended, we're told in John's gospel, to his throne. But he rules we're told, from a crucifix. And as he was raised to this moment where he hung dying naked alone with a few soldiers just doing their day's job with his mother a distance away with friends watching on, in this lonely, God-forsaken moment, we have Jesus being crowned as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in the cross, you have symbolized the way of the world compared to the way of God. There, there is no meeting between these two ways. Do you see how utterly different it is imagine going to the 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 westminster abbey imagine you got invited to this pinnacle moment of human history a king is being crowned and then you walk outside and you see this man half naked whipped destitute struggling for breath and dying and god says this is how i rule the nations through my son it's the way of glory or it's the way of the cross the way of the world says to really do well, you need to go up. You need to think about promotion through life. You need to think about accumulating. You've got to get experiences in your life. You've got to go for it. You've got to get that and this. and You've got to get things into your life. And the, the way of the cross says, no, the way to life is sacrifice and giving away an, an empty hand and saying everything is for for Jesus, the way of the world says, whatever's in you, you've got, you've got to express it. You've got to be yourself. You've got to be authentic. And the way of the cross, we see Jesus walking towards that moment. He says, not, not my will, but your will be done. It's a submission of myself to God himself, saying it's all, f- it's all for you. The way of the world says, yeah, we, we, with our emotions and with our wisdom, we can work out God. Which is why so often Christians are tempted to reshape God and reshape ethics in the shape of the world. Because we're always tempted to think that God kind of works with the ways of the world. Thinking if we can shape him with our wisdom into this moment in 2023, may maybe more people will come to say yes to Jesus. And yet the way of the cross says he stands only revealed. We would never have made up a God who rules from a wooden cross. No human heart would ever have imagined that to be the place where the ruler of the nations rules. Amen. And here we have our choice. Do we go along with a theology of glory or a theology of the cross? Do we trust in our own wisdom to work out life, to work out God? We do it sometimes when we're reading the Bible. Like uh, we're we're trying to go through stuff, we're trying to work out God and all these things. And I think so often our, our our emotions is does this feel right to me ever had that like I don't know that's not really that doesn't make sense to me and because it doesn't make sense to us and it doesn't feel right in our hearts we think well that can't be right so we discard it what we are doing is we are walking in a theology of glory thinking with our own wisdom that we can do it and yet the cross is a statement to our, us all that the way of the cross is revealed to us we do not work it up to god god comes down and reveals his way to us and so for us as a church if we're going to walk in the power of god and we're going to see people come to know jesus and come and find healing it is only going to be through this walking in the way of the cross and what we have in this passage that claire read for us is this is this amazing insight into the mindset and the psychology of Paul when he was looking to start a church in Corinth where he was starting a church in a city just like us that was wealthy that had cultural power there was a place that esteemed glamour and celebrity and rhetoric what we have in this passage is almost like his journaling's made public about his approach to starting a church because he, he had planted uh, a, a community in Athens and he had been doing evangelism in Athens, which is really the intellectual capital of the day. And he chooses to travel south to Corinth, like a 50 mile or so journey down to Corinth. And in this passage, you kind of get this wrestling that Paul is having. How am I going to approach Corinth? How am I going to start a church here? And I can imagine him because by all accounts he was quite short nothing against short people he was quite bold nothing against people who are bold uh, he had a monobrow apparently nothing against people with monobrows i'm digging a big hole here i should really but you know he 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 wasn't like instagram worthy you know like he had bowed legs apparently as well so he was not like brad pitt you you, you get what i'm and people mocked him because they would say, like, his letters are great. Surely he's got a great intellect. And yet you see Paul in his preaching. Oh, my goodness. What a mess. He is nothing. like, Because they loved these, these uh, orators who would come and just these great speeches and stir emotion. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Like, he just stands there and talks about a man who was, like, killed. And he's like, this is the life that we're supposed to find. People mocked him so you can imagine paul like reflecting okay i'm going to corinth like the center of like celebrity and wealth and glamour like how am i going to plant a church here how am i going to present this jesus and what we're told in this passage is paul says he decides in verse two he says i decided i judged this is him working it out what am i going to do Am I I going to just veer to the left a little bit and and bring a little bit of the world's glory? Because maybe, maybe Corinth needs it. Athens, I can argue toe to toe with anyone. But maybe Corinth, it needs a little bit of like jazz hands with the gospel. And this is what he says. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. His determination was that I would only be about one thing, Christ and him crucified. Because this is where the power of God is. If we fall into the temptation of trying to do it like the world, sure, we may get the applause of the world in a moment. But what we forfeit for that applause is the actual power of God. And so Paul says, I'm going to come preaching Christ crucified. And not only that, but the way he's going to do ministry and the way he's going to start this church is through Christ crucified. He's preaching and how he does it. So the first thing is his preaching. He says, I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimonies of God with lofty speech or wisdom. I think what he's doing here is he's comparing himself to the other orators who Corinth liked. Those who had like flashy turns of phrases, those who could really whip up a crowd, those who could get people on their feet. And he says, no, in contrast to that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to present a man, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. Because he says this is the demonstration of the spirit of power. He says in verse four, my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. This is the cross. Where where, where do we find the demonstration of the Holy Spirit at work? It's through the presentation of the cross. Where do we find the power of God? We're told in one seventeen, the power of God is in the cross. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptise, but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So he comes saying that one thing I'm going to give the, the, the city is this man crucified. It's not just enough, right, to talk about Jesus. Talking about Jesus is is important. But it's not actually still the very centre of the gospel. Because if we just leave Jesus as an uncrucified Messiah, Jesus as the wisdom dispenser, Jesus as the great teacher, Jesus as the moral leader, Jesus as the inspirational figure of history, if we just come and talk about Jesus only, we actually consign ourselves to a theology of glory and a powerless gospel. Paul says, I come proclaiming Jesus Christ and him crucified, that is the center without the 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 crucifixion of of jesus we're not actually a christian church sometimes we think right you know there's the world's way and then there's the religion's way and there's the world and secularism and materialism and etc and then there's religion like these are the two opposites which do you choose the world's way or religion's way and sure like some religions are slightly strange. You know, they have different types of gods and there are like, so they're different. But Paul doesn't categorise the difference between the world and religion. Paul actually bundles religion in with all of the ways of the world. There's only one difference. It's all the ways of the world and Christ and him crucified. Because all the religions of the world still work fundamentally on the basis of the ways of the world. That's a unique to do to achieve a status with said God and maybe then you will be accepted you need to accomplish you need to work out how you can get there and work hard and be sincere and if you do well then God at the end of the day may accept you there is only one contrast the ways of the world and this man Jesus Christ who was crucified for us without the crucifixion of Jesus Christ we are still left in the ways of the world trying to find a way up to God's One preacher described it as like trying to climb a rope of sand to the moon. It's not happening. There's no way we can get there. And yet with Christ crucified, we find the power of God. We see the upside down nature of everything. So he comes proclaiming this gospel. And the way he does it is shaped by this crucified saviour. Because it, it seems possible to present a crucified saviour, a theology of the cross, while using a theology of glory. Like by kind of presenting and trying to... I mean, I remember when we were starting the church and I was like reflecting on everything. I mean, I was probably getting a bit too reflective. Charles tells me off sometimes, just get on to it. You know, like, like how should I preach? How should I express passion? You know, what are the way... What's, like, but Paul didn't go around like searching and YouTubing TED talks how are people captivating an audience today like oh this is how you do it today okay or like the best most watched YouTube preacher they can really whip up a crowd I mean I've seen some guys whips up whip, whips up crowds I can't even talk straight and God's asked me to be a preacher and he said like so he doesn't do that he says my method the way we're going to start this church the way we're going to do everything is going to be shaped by this crucified savior so he says he says this he said i didn't come proclaim that using the testimony of god with lofty speech or with wisdom but only jesus christ and him crucified he says and i was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling And they were not, my message and my speech were not with plausible words of wisdom. He came with this like plainness, this simplicity. He owned his weaknesses. He knew that he didn't have everything that Corinth would really love. And yet, far from him trying to dress up his weaknesses in worldly strength, He came and he actually owned them. He made a thing of them. We're told later in 2 Corinthians at the end of the letter that he had been given this thorn in the flesh. We don't know what this thing was, but it was something that was just making his life problematic on a day-to-day basis, a thing that he was struggling with. And he says this, He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest Upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see how Paul owns the method of the cross. Because in the cross, we see in human strangeness and weakness the power of God. And Paul says, all the things that I have in my life that are strange and weak, I will own them because I know in this weakness, the power of God can be known. Isn't that like a a super encouraging thing for us? Because how many of us would admit to like having weak areas of our life? Things in our life that we wish weren't there, but just seem to live with us on a day-to-day basis. Things that feel like slow us down or make things difficult, or if that wasn't like this, my life could be so much so. It might just be that God has given that into your life so that he might weaken you slightly so that you might know the power of Christ in your life. So rather than walking with a theology of glory and saying, I need to just get past this bit of weakness, I need to get past this bit of suffering and difficulty, Stop waiting for like, okay. once that's done, then I'm going to walk in the power of God and really give him my heart. No, what Paul does, he says, I'm going to sit in my weakness. I'm going to own my weakness. I'm going to lift it up before others and before God. And I'm going to walk with my weakness. And there in that place, I'm going to experience the power of God. I used to misread this passage when Paul says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Because I had assumed with the ways of the world, what he meant was, like, I used to be weak. Like, I used to struggle with some things. I used to have difficulties. But what happened is the power of God came upon me and now I'm strong. And I kept feeling like week on week, month on month, year on year. I kept like wondering, when is the moment going to happen when I finally feel like, strong in God anyone ever had that like when is that thing going to happen and then I assumed well we're planting a church so like I guess something must happen in the next 12 months because I still feel quite weak and like I've seen people who plant churches and who preach and and they look like they're strong and I don't feel like that so I was kind of like waiting for this thing that would happen and and guess what September the 9th 2018 came and went And I woke up the next morning still tired, still groggy, still having to like remind myself of the glory of God every single day, still weak. Because he doesn't say when I was weak, then God's power came and then I was strong. He says in my weakness, as I walk with my weakness day after day, then the power of Christ can rest upon me. So the way that we do church life is to be reflective of the way that God brings about salvation. One of the things that kind of struck me when I read this, he says in verse two, "I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified." Which is like my, my mind went like, how, "How does that work? Nothing among." So I was like, "So does Paul only talk about?" like that day of jesus christ does he only keep saying i talked to you about the cross i talked to you about the cross i talked to you about the cross can we talk about the resurrection no i'm only talking about the cross remember this is corinth we don't want any resurrection pentecostal power we're on the we're on the cross how how does he and like i don't know if that's come up that's come up in my mind how what does he mean We, we 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 know surely that it means it's not just that he only talked about the the crucifixion because this sits in 16 chapters of teaching and ethics and practical application and church life and using spiritual gifts and all these different things so it's not that he only talks about christ and him crucified but what he is saying in this moment is that the center of everything that we are about is Christ and him crucified. Functionally, everything is birthed from this moment in the death of Jesus Christ. Functionally, all life is grounded in the death of the son of god there is no life there is no hope there is no christianity without the crucifixion of jesus christ and from this place from ground zero of life everything emanates that when christ was crucified everything then becomes possible because the power of god was exercised in human history and from this place everything gets revealed and shaped and life gets given pentecost only happens we're told in john 7 because christ was crucified life is only possible because christ was crucified the only way that we know the true character of god is in the son of god being crucified if we take the crucifixion out of christianity we just have a god who is bundled in with the rest of the world a God who sits august in the heavens, waiting for a few people to show real sincerity and religious zeal. Only with the crucifixion do we have the true nature and the character of God revealed. Do you want to see the love of God? We, we turn to the cross and see love poured out and demonstrated. Do we want to see true justice? We see Christ being crucified for our sins, righting wrongs on the cross. Do we want to see compassion? We turn to a saviour being crucified on a cross. Do we want to see the will of God? We turn and see Jesus Christ being crucified. John says that this is the moment of glory. Of all the moments, I would have picked like the feeding of the 5,000 or the walking on water. I would have said that's the moment of glory. But John says the moment of glory where God's nature shines forth the brightest It's the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is Christianity. This is power. This is life, the upside down kingdom of God. And this is where we stay and remain as a church. Paul says, I boast in nothing except Christ crucified. That's all I have. We're told when history gets wrapped up that there is gonna be this book written of everything, everything we know about right now, and all the hidden bits that we don't know, everything is going to be this compendium. And the title of history, like what what God looks at when He views human history from Genesis one to Revelation twenty-two, is the Book of Life of the Lamb that was slain. This, this is history. This is where we ever live before a crucified saviour. We're told that Christ is still the lamb who was slain. The worship songs in heaven don't move beyond the crucifixion. We ever remain before Christ crucified. Worthy is the one who ransomed tribes, languages, nations through his death. So us as a church, for us to find power in a city like London is for us to not only proclaim a crucified saviour, but to have our own lives crucified with him. That we don't like trust in our own emotions to work out what's right or wrong with God, but we actually trust in God and his revelation. If, if we want to see the kingdom come, it's not going to be through our cleverness or our wisdom. These microphones have made a perfect demonstration of that today. It's going to be through a, a crucified saviour. Foolishness to the world, but the power of God. And uh, yeah. there's a decision, like Paul made this decision, verse two, I decided kind of makes him think i think that he was actually wrestling with this that this was a temptation for him and i think he probably worked it through what does it mean to live a crucified life along with a crucified savior what 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 does it mean for me to stay in a place where because paul said in philippians 3 like i want to know jesus christ and his sufferings uh, why would paul say that i want to know his sufferings because he's saying is, i want to stay in the place of the cross i want to stay in a place of weakness because there the power of god is going to be known and i think every one of us have a de- has a decision to make on a day-by-day basis are we going to pick up our cross and live a crucified life with paul and with jesus christ uh, wh- wh- which way are we going to decide are we going to choose to own our weakness? Sometimes I think we we hold back from various things because we're waiting for that thing to click in and and, and it can feel like, and we rationalise in our mind, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that, I'm not stepping out in vulnerability here because I, I, I need a bit more confidence. Thinking that that's the, actually it's, probably a demonstration that you have too much confidence in your own ability because you think actually one day you will get it a crucified church says with vulnerability and with weakness we're going to move out and we're going to trust in the power of god to be known in our weakness amen that even through us this is the wonderful thing you and me with how we feel right now There's no tomorrow, you, that God's waiting to bless. It is the power of God resting on us right now. And I've been really wrestling this week and thinking like, what does it look like for us to be a crucified church? You know, because many of us have good jobs and you have good intellects and you're relationally great and you've got so much going for you and like the, the potential in this church is amazing it's it's not that we just throw all that away and say well no it's that we don't trust in any of that we give everything that we have to god and say i'm not trusting in any this is sinking sand over here there is only one solid rock and it's christ crucified lord god as we lift you up would you pour out your your power upon us that london might be made glad in you